Today is Friday, March 18th. The title for our devotional is Life on Mission. Tomorrow morning from 9 to noon, Stephen Costello will be with us and teaching a course on missional community. He'll also be preaching at church this Sunday, so we're excited to have have him. As a primer, let's read Jesus' words before ascending into heaven in what is called the Great Commission. Matthew 28, 16 to 20. Then the eleven disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. When they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. Therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always, to the very end of the age. Those are our marching orders for how to live on mission from Jesus. So I've recorded a conversation with Stephen that you can hear immediately following uh, the devotional here as I wrap up. And I'd encourage you to join us tomorrow morning and Sunday at church to hear from Stephen and be encouraged and be challenged to live on mission for Christ. Hey, LifeBridge. I'm here with Stephen Costello. Stephen's going to be joining us this weekend um, to talk through uh, mission. He's going to be running the course on Saturday morning called Mission 101, and he's going to be preaching on Sunday. Stephen works with a missions organization called Novo, and he lives down in uh, Atlanta, the Atlanta area. So, Stephen, you can correct me if I'm wrong on that. But uh, <laughs> You're right. <laughs> awesome. Yes. So, uh, Stephen, thanks for joining us. And uh, Stephen's going to be preaching, like I said, this weekend. This podcast is releasing on Friday. So this is kind of like a little teaser for uh, what is to come this weekend. So, Stephen, first of all, thanks for being with us this weekend. And uh, can you just start off by giving us a brief kind of description of what we're going to be talking about this weekend? Yeah, totally. Thanks, John. And uh, hey, LifeBridge, looking forward to being with you all. And um, yeah, this weekend, we're going to be talking about uh, the importance of mission. And without giving you you know, too much information, because I want you to be there, um, it's really focusing on what does it mean to be a disciple that lives on mission, not as something that we do, but a part of our identity and who we are in Christ. Um, you know, part of this is, uh, my own personal journey of reflecting on what it means to be a disciple. And I, I would say as someone that grew up in the church, I always saw mission or serving or evangelism as something I did. Um, I didn't really see it until later in my life. I would say even in, into college as something that flowed out of my intimacy with Christ. And so what we're really going to be focusing on this week is, that mission flows from who, who God is. It's who he is first. And, and that's who we are in Christ. And that really has revitalized my life in the Lord. It's revitalized the pressure that I've felt for many years of, you know, I have to make disciples and you're kind of forcing it like, Oh, I got to do this. And, but then when you start seeing that, no, this is who God is. And this is my identity in him. It, it really changes that whole dynamic of discipleship. Yeah, I, I grew up, uh, we probably grew up in the same like era of church culture. And I grew up with kind of the same mentality that mission or evangelism is what we would call it, is like kind of just something that you you do outside of who you are, you do outside of your normal routine. Um, so this is a bit of a different, is a bit of a different approach. Um, and I love how it just kind of flows into who 
God is, who you are, and into just our identity with Christ. It, for me at least, in this conversation, it's removed a lot of the awkward tension around yeah. around sharing my faith and and being missional. Instead of having like just a set list of a few questions to answer, it it kind of just flows out naturally more from my daily life rhythms and and who I am and what I do and just investing in my community. Yeah, totally. I mean, I think it's the same with me. And, you know, one of of the things I would say too, and just working with a lot of churches and ministries um, is I I find that this is kind of a mission is it's kind of like the weird cousin that you meet at the family reunion. You you always know that cousin's going to be there, but you're like, I don't know if I want to talk about him. I don't even know if I want to address him. But you, but you also feel the pressure, like he's still in my family. Right, you know right. what I mean? <laughs> and I, I actually think mission is that way for us. It's kind of like it, one it we can have a healthy perspective. And I, I would actually say in the Western American church, that that's actually a rare thing for mission to be connected to discipleship. So that's kind of one thing. The, the other side is mission is like a ministry or it's a certain day of the week mm-hmm. of it's, it's what we do on Friday. It's what we do on Saturday, on Wednesday night. It's, it becomes a pigeonhole thing. Like we do that then. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I would say there's this other lens of mission where, you know, mission is what missionaries do overseas in Africa with orphans and widows. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we, we can easily pigeonhole ourselves in these extremes. And I, and what I want to talk about this weekend is what does it mean that, you know, I'll, I'll just pick, I'll give you a picture. So Luke 10 is this passage. We've just left Luke nine, where it's kind of like Jesus is, he's equipped the 12, he sent them out and you're like, yes, we don't have any part of this mission. Right. And then he makes this whole big switch. We get to Luke 10 and he's like, this is not just for the disciples. This is not just for the 12. I'm going to send the 70 or the 72 out into all the world. Mm -hmm. And you're like, oh my goodness. He actually believes that I'm a missionary. And, And then you start asking the question, okay, where does he send them? Well, he sends them back to their spheres of influence, and the word is oikos. These are the places where their friends are, their family lives. Mm-hmm. These are the places where they already have social connections. And, you know, and I remember when I first just saw that out in the passage, I was like, man, for so long, I've seen mission as something extra I need to add to my existing schedule. And, and then I started going back to the scripture. And I was like, no, actually, Jesus sends them to the very place where they wake up in the morning, to the very place where they work, and to the very place where they lay their head when they go to bed at night. Mm-hmm. And, and in those spheres, that's where he calls them. He doesn't say, hey, go to this exact new area that you don't know any of these people. I, I think we put that on ourselves because we have a wrong perspective of mission, but I, I want to normalize mission is it's who we are in Christ, but it's also the day-to-day places that God has already put us in. So what if the YMCA, the place that you work out at five days a week is part of your mission field? Mm-hmm. 
what if your job as a young entrepreneur, business owner, what if that's your mission field and you didn't even know that God had been calling you the whole time to be, bring his light, to be salt in that place and to see mission as the place that he's already put you in. So when you made that change from your, the, the way you had viewed evangelism growing up to the way that you view like mission and, and as you, as you just described from Luke 10, like going to your, your home, your spheres of influence, the connections that you already have, your family. Um, yeah. when you made that change, what, what did that, what did that do for you personally when you, uh, when you started to view mission that way, how did, how did that kind of change your perspective and how did, how did that, how did that change your behavior when you went into those spheres? Yeah, great question. I mean, you know, the first thing that just kind of jumps out at me is that I, it really changed my view of God. Um, it was kind of this formation piece in my heart of like, you know, God is, God is not asking me to do more. Right. And mm-hmm. even though I didn't believe that in my, my head, there was something in my heart of like, God is, you know, it's, it's this shame or guilt that I felt like, why am I not making new disciples of Jesus? You know, maybe I'm growing with other believers and maybe I'm discipling someone younger than me in the faith, but am I making a new follower of Jesus? And that, that felt like a lot of pressure that I put that on God, you know, like God is doing this to me. And it changed my view of that, that discipleship and mission is an invitation to relationship with walking with the Lord and walking with other people where I cannot change their heart, but I can walk with them into discovering who Jesus is in our day-to-day friendship. And that, that really changed this whole dynamic of I have to proclaim the gospel, right? And there's times for that. But what does it mean to live out the gospel where, for example, I worked at Starbucks for years and my Muslim friends that worked with me, you know, I I would share with them like sin that I was going through and things that I was wrestling with, with my wife and our marriage. And they were like, wait, why are you telling me that? And it became this open door of showing them like, man, I don't have it all you know, everything in my life is not this, you know, beautiful ribbon that we've tied, but I'm, I'm working out my salvation. Mm-hmm. And I cannot begin to tell you how many times that opened the door for their own freedom to step into who is this Jesus that, you know, cause I've never met someone that shared so openly their journey of faith mm-hmm. that became living out the gospel for me. So I'd say one, it changed my view of God, changed my view of me in Christ. And, and two, you know, I, I would also say it really changed my view of evangelism. You know, it's, I, I started inviting people that didn't know Jesus into my life where, you know, one of the phrases I've heard for so many years is Christianity is more caught than taught mm-hmm. and people need to see it, you know, like they need to, I, I love the Emmaus road story where you know, these two guys are, they're discovering who Jesus is. They've heard the stories. He walks up behind them. And it's not until they sit at a table of eating a meal and practicing hospitality. It says their eyes were open and they say, didn't our hearts burn when we were with him? And I, I think we have to give people the Emmaus Road story 
where they can actually enter into a journey with us of discovering who Jesus is for them, that they see in our lives, they see it in our marriage, they see it in how we parent, they see it in how we deal with struggle, mm-hmm. pain. And I, I think that's what it changed for me. It's not just about proclaiming truth, but it's about living as the truth in Christ. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's so good. So you, you share the story about uh, working with uh, your coworkers at Starbucks and how you uh, were able to be vulnerable, be open with them, and how that opened a lot of doors for you to share the gospel with them. Um, do you have any more yeah. stories just so that we can kind of picture what this looks like on a day-to-day basis, um, whether from your life or stories that you've heard from others who have who have been adopting this approach to sharing their faith, to a missional living, and this lifestyle of just following Christ with within our community? Do you have any other stories that can kind of give us a picture of what this looks like? Yeah, I mean, you know, one is I can share from last night. My, my wife and I are... Um, just loving on some of the Afghan uh, refugees that have moved to the Atlanta area. And um, God's kind of connected us to one family and through broken English, you know, cause their English is not amazing, but we've, we began to know some of their needs. And um, one of the things they've been raising money to buy a car for their family. Cause they just either take a work truck where they get picked up in the morning or they take the bus or they just stay home. The wife does. And, so we, we saw this as an opportunity to say like, what would good news look like to them? And we thought, man, what if we bought them bikes? Like, what could we do that? And we started praying about it. And one of our ministry partners reached out to us and said, Hey, I don't, I don't know if, you know, I can help in any way with these refugees. I know you've asked if we'd be praying for them, but I feel led to like financially invest in these families could you guys use it for anything? And we're like, yeah, I think we could, you know? And so just last night we brought over four new bikes and it's opened up this whole conversation about who Jesus is, because, you know, it's back to the scripture that they'll see your good deeds and glorify your father in heaven. And love has to look like something to people that don't know Jesus. And, you know, that's, that's one personal example of my own life. And, you know, I could tell two very quick stories, but one in San Jose, a guy that works at uh, Google in Silicon Valley. And after learning about his just living on mission, he saw working at Google as his mission building. He had never seen that before. And he uses day to day where literally the nations work at Google to share the gospel, to discover who Jesus is with others and to just show them what it means to be a Christian in a very secular environment. And, the other story is, uh, I'll call her Judy, um, a lady that, you know, she's at home with three or four kids uh, every day. She is just making it by. And um, after kind of discovering her missional lens of her life of being the disciple of Jesus, she throws all her kids in the, the minivan. She gets them to soccer practice after school. And, and she sat down and she realized that she sat on the bleachers that the lady next to her, God had invited her for conversation after conversation to now open up a spiritual conversation with this lady, seeing this bleacher as an opportunity for the gospel to extend in her community. And she had never seen the soccer field and these bleachers as her mission field until she was awakened to that reality. And so my, my hope for you guys, if it's Google, if it's, 
refugees, if it's just soccer practice, being a mom, that you'd be awakened to the calling that Ephesians talks about, that God's made you in his workmanship, created in Christ for good works. And so we want to discover that together. What does that mean to have those personal stories in our own life today? That's so good. It creates a good picture for us for what's coming this weekend. So, Stephen, thank you for joining us for the podcast. And again, we really look forward to having you here this weekend. Yeah, me too. Excited to be with you all. Thanks.